And here we go. That's right, you're back in Redline. And this, my fellow Reds fans and the enemies that listen to this show, you know who you are. This is the first off-season show that I've done. Basically, I've had a migraine since the trade deadline all the way through today. And my day started off pretty good. But let's backtrack a couple days. The Reds traded for Jose De Leon. Uh, was a Dodgers farmhand. Traded to the... Uh, Raised for like Forsyth, who was a Swiss two army knife type utility guy. Uh, Tommy John, uh, guy can throw 96, 97, has real swing and miss stuff. A uh, slider that's pretty deadly, or is it a curveball? Hey, you know what? I'm doing this off the cuff. It's either a slider or a curveball. I know it's either the deuce or it's a slider, but who cares? Um, that was an okay deal. Um, and the problem with it is the guy had Tommy John. So the way you got to do this, do you start him every fifth day, or do you put him in the bullpen? Now, let me explain something to you. If you're a pitcher coming off Tommy John, I think the last thing you want to do is be in David Bell's bullpen. Um, I don't think that Brian Price or David Bell know how to uh, use a bullpen. I think that the uh, Reds really made a mistake when going with rookie managers. Don't give them rookie bench coaches. And I know you guys are going to say, do it, but do it, but do it. Jim Riggleman, Jim Riggleman. Okay, calm down. Sit in the corner. Think of Heather Locklear, okay? You're in a warm place, okay? But Jim Riggleman didn't come on for a while, okay? I don't know if you remember this. He was the manager of Double A in the Reds organization for a while after he quit on the Washington Nationals. So now we have Freddie Benavides, who I've said on this show many times, old shortstop, well, not an old shortstop, he was a shortstop in the Reds organization a long, long time ago, kind of a company man. He's the wrong guy to have there. I mean, when we're talking about the Mets' new manager, Carlos Beltran, and when I say we, I mean the media, and uh, that probably came off wrong to the guy in the in the, in the corner with the deuce hat. But Darren, but Darren, but Darren. Calm down again, Heather Locklear. Breathe in and out. You're in a warm place. Okay, back to Carlos Beltran, manager. The Mets are trying to find him a what? What did the guy on Red's line that sounds like me say the entire season with David Bell? You need a grizzled veteran bench coach or even manager to be the bench coach to help David Bell. So what are the Mets doing with Carlos Beltran? They're trying to find a seasoned bench coach for him to help the load. Duck Williams. Duck! Freddie Benavides is not the answer. If you want a nice roving 
middle infield instructor to go help people at second base, shortstop, even third base, roving minor league infield coordinator, Fred at Beanie is your guy. Bench coach, not so much, okay? The bench coach needs to be a guy that can have the bullpen rest schedule and chart there and be able to help David Bell. You know? I mean, you don't even got to get a veteran bench coach. Get a guy like Jason Veritek, who's, who's a, who was a catcher, that, that could probably help you. If, if you don't want to bring in a veteran, old previous manager, my pick, my pick, my pick, my pick. I've even told the Reds this. He's the third base coach of the Atlanta Braves. He went to the World Series twice as manager of the Texas Rangers. Ron Washington, probably the best infield coach there is. The Reds have a bench coach opening. Current, well, not an opening. But Darren, but Darren, but Darren. Sorry, sit in the corner. Heather Locklear, you're in a warm place. Okay, the Reds have a glaring hole at bench coach. And Ron Washington could go from third base coach to bench coach because it is a, a better job. And he would so help run that bullpen. But the Reds don't listen to me. They don't listen to anybody outside their circle. And um, it's yes-man paradise over there, I guess. Because you've got – oh, and another thing. Ron Washington interviewed for the Padres job. And I'm like, Reds, you've got to call this guy. If the Padres don't hire him, make him your bench coach. He will help your infielders. He can pro- If you're going to leave Suarez at third base, he can probably make third Suarez a gold glover. Man, I'm telling you, this is the kind of guy you want in your organization. No, we want Freddie Benavides. Calm down, duck. I know we might have signed an autograph for you in 1993, but calm down. Anyways, so back to the Reds moves. Uh, there is a big, big old... Reds Legs Nation, Reds Leg Nation article. There was a big Reds Reporter article. There was uh, Dougie Baseball going off about this these moves that the Reds made, bringing in Schaefer from Toronto and Nick Martini. Let me tell you something. Schaefer is an okay guy. That's a, that, that, that's claiming him, but and and, and he he. He does have a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. He does have a sweeping slider. I can give you that. So I did not mind picking up Schaefer, right-handed pitcher from the Toronto Blue Jays. He was drafted in the seventh or eighth round out of college. He really um, was the closer in college, I think. By the way, this is off the top of my head. I don't have the subscription to Baseball America like Dougie Baseball. But anyway, so Schaefer's not a horrible pickup, okay? Not horrible. And so where are we to go from here? Which is not even a segment in a Reds line. Anyways, it's it's in a game deal. To make a long story short, so Schaefer, those 96, those can hit 97, 
sweeping slider. I didn't mind the move. I did not mind him going to training camp and possibly being a guy for the seventh and eighth inning. I did not mind it. And I'm not saying he's some setup guy like Andrew Miller or a closer or whatever. I'm just saying it was a shrewd move. But the Nick Martini deal, these guys are and, – and the, and the reason you guys with the dunce hat in the corner don't understand why I'm critical of these moves is these guys are taking up 40-man roster spaces, okay? Now, Nick Martini probably won't last. I'm just telling you, he's probably going to get designated for assignment, probably not going to get claimed. He's probably not going to be on the 40-man roster, okay? Schaefer, I think the Reds will keep him because they're going to try him out in the bullpen. Okay, so here we go back to Nick Martini. The Reds actually traded for him. I mean, are you kidding me? The guy can get, I'll give him this, the guy can get on base, left-handed hitter. He's a left fielder, can play center a little bit, but not very good. He's better than Scott Shepler, okay? But you already have Phil Irvin as your fourth outfielder. Nick Martini is not going to displace anybody in the outfield or the fourth outfielder, even though he's a left-handed hitter and he can get on base. And I guess he does put the ball in play. But are you really going to give him your fifth slot? Because if you're going in the baseball season, you know you got Aquino in right field. You know you got – Phil Irvin as your fourth outfielder because he can play all three outfield positions unless he wins a sp- starting spot in spring. But any if you, but just so you know, Phil Irvin, you're in Cincinnati Reds camp. Even if you win a job in spring training, you don't get the job in spring training. Ask ask Jake Cave. There you go. Ask Nick Senzel. Just because you win a job doesn't mean you get a job because this organization is ran like the Department of Education. It's ran off tenure. So, anyway, uh, let's go back to Nick Martini. Why would you trade for him? The guy is 28, 29 years old. He's going to be designated for assignment. No one is picking him up. You could have just signed him to a minor league deal and invited him to camp. Instead, you actually go out and trade for him. And this is my favorite part. The Padres then get in a trade with another team in the National League Central called the Brewers, and David Stearns, Stars, whatever his name is, he is from the Astros, who came from the Cardinals. So from the Cardinals from the 2000s, 2000s, basically, you know, the Scott Rowland, good version, Cardinals, Jim Edmonds, uh, McGuire, end of his career, Pujols, remember that? Okay? So then that regime's... Uh, Basically, scouting director, director of player personnel, goes and becomes the general manager of the Astros. Okay? Well, David Stearns, who's the Brewers' GM now, went with him to the Astros to become their scouting director, player, uh, director of player development, whatever. Okay? He went with Jeff Letow. Okay? So, those guys are all from the Cardinals' good scouting department. Okay? So then he's in the Brewers, and guess what he just cherry-picked off of the Padres? Left-handed pitcher Eric Lauer. This guy's 26 years old. I've told the Reds to try and acquire him for the last two years. 
This guy has a great body. When I say that, it doesn't mean anything like I'm looking at muscle fitness magazines. <laughs> it just means that, like, not overweight, good body, loose left-handed pitcher, which means he just throws the ball. And here's what I mean by good body. He's going to throw 200-plus innings probably next year, and he's probably going to rattle off, like, four or five of those in a row. Like, good body, not much herky-jerkiness, just a good number three pitcher. Probably could be even an ace if he develops right, but he's a solid number three. And they got Luis Arias. And I know you guys are going to be like, but Darren, but Darren, but Darren, but Darren, they gave up a 22-year-old uh, 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 left-handed hitter who, who was a very good hitter in the minors. Dude, he had one good season in the minors. And he also cost the Brewers a chance to advance in the playoffs this year because he couldn't even field a baseball. And while I acknowledge he's 22 years old, a left-handed hitter, and he might develop more power because he's only 22 years old, and when he gets to be 26, 27, 28, he may be a 31 home run guy, maybe. He also might just be a fourth outfielder and string along a bench career. The other guy they got was Davies. Now, Davies, three years ago, won 17 games, pretty good uh, win accumulation total. But he doesn't strike anybody out. His, his, his strikeout-to-walk numbers are not great, and I don't mean he walks a lot. I mean he strikes out hardly anybody. And when I say hardly anybody, I don't mean like zero. I mean like 6.9 for nine. You know, he's not some world beater. So they traded Davies, who I think is 27 or tw- 27, and this this right fielder, left-handed hitter, he could be a prototypical right fielder. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not going to say he's horrible, but it could go either way. But they robbed the Padres. You got Luis Arias, or Urias. This guy is going to lead the league in hits, probably win batting titles for the Cardinals or the Brewers. I'm so discombobulated. And they got Eric Lauer to go in that rotation. I mean, you can't even begin to understand how good of a trade this is for the Brewers. And this guy, Stern, Starnes, you know, I guess this should have been the guy that the Reds got to be their general manager when Walt Jockey left, or Jed Ludhow, I guess. But this guy, Starnes, making really good moves. And here's my whole point. I'm not a Brewers fan. I'm not a Padres fan. I've been telling the Reds to get these two guys for a long time. Remember last year when I really wanted when when they were in on JT Romalto and then they never got the deal because Jim Bowden had a Twitter. And anyway, um, go back and listen to more Reds lines. You'll figure it out. Anyways, so my whole deal was okay, get JT Romalto, and then trade Tucker Barnhart. He's an offensive catcher at this point. He didn't have that awful season he just had this year. He was a, he, he had three more seasons of control, relatively inexpensive. The Padres had just lost out, or would have just lost out, and even did, for Romalto. They're still looking for a, uh, you know, a catcher. I said, go in there and try and get a Francisco Mia, Mija, whatever his name is. Guy can be the catcher behind Casale. Get Eric Lauer, and and, and and I said, get either Urias or Patino, because I like Patino. Patino's going to be like Rio, Jose Rio. Luis Patino is an awesome 
awesome prospect. But these two guys, Lauer and Urias, I mean, this is just a good old school baseball trade. And I told the Reds last year to get these guys. And the fact that these guys were on the table this year and the Reds weren't aware of it, I mean, it makes no sense. You know this is where these guys are working 8 to 5 and not doing any work. If these guys are available, this is what should go on. And really, that's what really woke me up today was this trade between the Brewers and the Padres. Because I was like, you can't tell me you couldn't have went over there and tried to work a deal out for those guys. And I know everybody's going to say, but Jawed, but Jawed, but Jawed. Kyle Davey, the 117 game winner. Look at his peripheral stats, dude. This guy's no world beater. Like, the reason he – just just go look at his stats. I'm not even going to go into it anymore. I don't have time to, 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 to waddle on through every deal that's made between every other team. But, uh, uh, you know what, in fact, let's just go – Let's just go look at those stats because I would like to pick them out for you because um, I know you guys are going to be like, but Jawed, but Jawed, but Jawed. Oh, and by the way, Davies only had 13 starts the year before. Okay, so he threw 159 innings this year. He only struck out 102 batters, and he walked 51. So his strikeout-to-walk ratio is barely 2-to-1. For a career, he's averaging nine hits per nine innings. That's not great. And 5.7 strikeouts. I said 6.9. Five, it was 6.7 the year before. And the and the year he won 17 games, are you okay? You ready for this? 5.8 strikeouts per nine innings. This guy's not that great. He's got really good, um, you know, and I don't mean really good. He's got okay eyeball stats. And when I say eyeball, I mean just looking at his numbers. 11 wins, 17. Then he got, he was hurt when he made 13 starts, and he had 10 wins this year. You know, this guy's not going long in the games. The one good thing about this year, he had 155 hits, 159 innings, so that's that was okay. But I'm just telling you, the guy's not some world beater. And his FIP was 4.56. Last year, 4.39. The year he won 17, 4.22. That's not terrible. But when you're at a 450, to get Eric Lauer back, <laughs> I mean, let me just say something, Brewers. You need to keep this trade deal on file with the Padres general manager's signature to make sure that Major League Baseball doesn't go in and suspect you of tampering or stealing a player. Now, I know you people are going to go crazy on me and say, well, Jared, uh, Jared, Jared, uh, Eric Lauer only won eight games this year, eight and ten. Well, he was on a terrible Padres team the second half, fell off the face of the earth. 24 years old, 445 ERA. ERA. Now, he did give up more hits than any pitch, but I think that's because of the freaking uh, offense he had. His his FIP was 4.23. But here's the deal. 8.3 strikeouts per nine. I mean, he's doing way better in that department. 
and he's averaging 1.2 home runs per nine. So, I mean, that's not, like, awesome, but it's pretty good. Now, I will say Davies is a going 1.1, but Eric Lauer has so much more upside is my point. I know you don't want to believe that, and I know you guys are also going to tell me how great um, uh, Trent Grisham is. Trent Grisham is the outfielder, throws left, bats left. If you watched the playoffs last year, he's the guy that cost the Brewers a, a uh, from advancing into the playoffs. He missed a ball, grounder or whatever, and everything fell apart. So, like, his minor league career, he had one good, really good season where he hit, uh, and it was actually this year, he hit 26 home runs this year. Every other year, he's been 8, 7, actually 8, 2. <laughs> um, he did get on base pretty good between double A AA and triple A with a 407 on base percentage. In San Antonio, he got on a he did really good, 471 clip, but let's not fool ourselves. This guy's not even as good as Jesse Winker. Probably has a better arm than Winker, but this guy's no world beater. The Brewers just pickpocketed these guys. It's not even close. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, so then I'm sitting here, and then I'm looking at the news. And this is really why I jumped on here to Red's line, was because the Orioles put Jonathan Villar on waivers. Now, let me explain something about this guy. He's in for arbitration, and he's due $10.4 million this year. But let me explain what he did. 176 hits, 111 runs, 33 doubles, 24 home runs, 40 steals, caught only nine times, hit 274 with a 339 on-base percentage. This is your leadoff hitter, Nick Crawl, Dick Williams. Two years ago, he stole 62 bases. Now, he does strike out a little bit. And when I say a little bit, I mean a lot. 176 times. But you know what he's doing when he's not striking out? He's putting the ball in play, and he's stealing bases. He stole 62 bases two years ago and scored 92 runs. This year, he scored 111 runs for the Brewers, people. I mean... Imagine him being leadoff in front of Senzel, Suarez, Votto, and if they can get another hitter. I mean, man, you're talking about a really good second baseman, and he fits leadoff. He can be a leadoff hitter. And I'm not trying to be weird here. He could be a 30-30 hitter in Cincinnati. He had 24 freaking home runs in Camden Yards. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about Camden Yards, but this is not a ballpark that is a home run hitter's park, especially for a right-handed hitter. Okay, if you ever watch any Cal Ripkins 30 for 30s, you'll know when they went to Kevin Yards, they were like, oh, is Ripken still going to be a big home run hitter or whatever? And he hit, I think, 34 home runs uh, in 91, his uh, second MVP year. Anyway, to make a long story short, Ripken was still hitting home runs out of the park. It is not a right-handed hitter's dream park, and this guy just hit 24 home runs. He's 28 years old. I think he can be 30-30 for the Reds. And, in fact, I think he can be 30-50 for the Reds and be in the Eric Davis company. So this is why I really jumped on there tonight, or jumped on here tonight. It was really clearly, it was, what are the Reds doing? 
Jose De Leon. Okay, you can't even count on that guy. And what are you going to do? You're going to use him back to back days? I, I, I don't understand. Is he going to be in the rotation? I don't know. I would probably let him start every fifth day through spring training and see what you got. I'm not even kidding. And I might even shut the guy down August 1st or September 1st, depending on how many innings he gets, if he's doing well in the starting rotation. But I see this Nick Martini and then a Schaefer deal, and now I see this Brewers, this old-school good baseball trade, which I'm just saying the Brewers. The Brewers picked the pocket of the Marlins for Yelich. They just picked the pocket of the Padres for Lauer and Urias. Mark my words, people. Mark my words. And now the Reds have a chance to pick up Jonathan Villar. Now, I don't think that the Reds are going to claim him. I think that he'll go through waivers and then he'll be a free agent. But the Reds should just claim him. You've got all the money in the world, and I don't mean all the money in the world, but you know what I mean. You just you don't have Puig. You don't have Kemp. You don't have Bailey. You don't have uh, Alex Wood. Pay this guy $10.4 million a year. He's going to put up four war or more probably, even if he puts up two and a half war, it's not the end of the world. But this guy's probably going to You give him another season, second baseman, start leadoff hitter. Man, I think the guy will score 120 runs, hit 30, 40 doubles, hit 20, 30 home runs, and steal you 40, 50 bases and give you a nice 330, 340, 350 on-base percentage season, and you might have a nice player for the next three or four years. This might be your – uh, Edwin Encarnacion, where you know you pick him up off this 24 home run year, he might be an offensive-minded second baseman with wheels. I'm telling you, that's why I jumped on here tonight, and uh, I hope everybody listens to this. I hope you guys are excited uh, because right now there's really nothing to be excited about in Reds Nation 4192. This team isn't doing anything, and when I say anything. I don't think Nick Martini is the answer. I think that was a wasted transaction. <laughs> the Schaefer deal doesn't bother me because the guy does have an arm. He might be able to. You might be able to do something with him, and I'm not kidding. So uh, anyway, I'm gonna get off here. Just wanted to jump on, talk about these things. I got a whole off-season program, off-season uh, to-do list, um, off-season, you know. Uh, mandate basically that I would that I want to do and I'll do it uh, the next show when I'm sitting down somewhere and I got time I'll probably do that and we can have a real good show about what would J-Rod do because we know Duck Williams ain't doing it see Duck you're looking at Cato and J-Rod ain't and that's why you got stuck with Jose Peraza and Dilson Herrera in trades and other general managers laughed at you when you said you got two of the best prospects in all of baseball and that's why J-Rod doesn't look at Kato. K-A-T-O-H. Look it up, Reds Nation. That's what Dick Williams likes, not J-Rod. Anyway.